Hello, friends. I hope you're doing well. Uh, since I have started to share my wellness journey publicly, it's been really overwhelming the amount of support that I've gotten and also really overwhelming um, the amount of people that have reached out to me to say, hey, me too. Wellness and, and mental health is something um, that one in five have issues with over the course of their lifetime. So I think there's a lot of people um, that are in similar boats and all of our circumstances are, are different about how we come to that place. Um, but I have been inspired to start a podcast. I wanna, this podcast is really, it's, I want it to be two things. One, um, I wanna do my part to normalize just talking about wellness and mental health. Um, our identities don't have to be attached to it. Uh, it's just health. So that's one. And then two, just unpack some simple tactics, um, things that have worked for me and then things that have worked for others um, to just maintain wellness in our day-to-day -day lives. We've all got a lot going on. So thank you uh, for being here. I'll introduce my first guest uh, here in one second. And thank you for being here at the Chase the Peace podcast fireworks and thunderstorms man those are those are a dog's worst nightmares sorry that's not why uh, we're here today to talk about th that is not why we're here dog's anxiety. uh hey all of you uh this is my dear friend uh mitchell mcgee here to join the chase the peace podcast that hey this is we're breaking new ground here this is, this is the first one yes yes um so I know I told you this before I pressed record, but um, thank you for being willing uh, yeah. to spend some time here and uh, and unpack some of your story. Um, I think you're aware of this. That this podcast has two goals. One is just to, to normalize conversations around mental health and, and really overall wellness. Yeah. Uh, and then just to share like simple day-to-day, short-term and long-term tactics. Um, that are helpful for everybody that, that anybody, anybody can use in, in their daily life, um, really to, to maintain wellness. Yeah. Um, probably the, the best place to start is, uh, you, we were just talking before we press record. Yeah. Um, you had lunch with someone, was it yesterday? And, yeah. and I, so I think where you, where you were talking, uh, about your lunch and this gentleman that you were talking to, um, can you unpack some of that? And then once you, once you share what you guys have in common, yeah. um, like take, take us back a little bit to, to yeah. your journey back in 2018. Uh, well, first off, let me say, well done. This is super cool. I'm glad you're doing this. Um, I know your wellness journey has been a journey and it's still like still evolving. So I love that you're kind of like working this out in real time because yeah. it's helpful for me and I know it's going to be really helpful for, for other people. So um, yeah, so I was, I was telling you earlier, I had lunch with an older gentleman on, you know, two days ago, he is a big time business guy. I'm in the business world now, and I'm trying to meet with people who are a little bit further down the road from me and just kind of ask some questions like, Hey, is there anybody in your life that you know that I should know? Or, Hey, if you were me and you could go back 30 years, like, what would you tell 30 year old version of you, you know? And and trying to just get helpful advice and that kind of thing. So I'm sitting across the table from him and uh, I asked him a simple question. I was like, hey, what what would you do if you could go back to 41, 30 years prior? Like, what would you tell 
41 year old version of you. And this gentleman like just starts weeping. And I'm like, Oh God, what? Like, <laughs> first off, like we're in the middle of a restaurant in Crab Apple, yeah. Georgia. And I'm yeah. like, what, what's, what's going on? And he starts talking about his wellness journey, which I'm like, how, how did we get here? We're talking business and we're talking yeah. life and finances. And, um, and he starts telling me this story about a year ago where he ended up on Christmas day in the ER thinking he's having like a heart attack. And as he starts saying this, you know, a little bit of my story and we'll get it. I'll get into my story in a minute, but I start crying because I'm like, he has no idea. He's telling my story. Yeah. Yeah. You've been there. I've been there. And so we essentially just keep working out this story and it was beautiful. And, you know, he's a 71 year old gentleman who is working through anxiety and depression, but it was all triggered from a moment he had at age 18 mm-hmm. yeah. and he's at 71 now dealing with the repercussions of something that he never dealt with mm. at age 18. Wow. And I'm just like, you're telling my story. You're telling my story. Like I could feel all of what he's feeling and he's actually a little, he's fresher in this journey than I am. I mean, he's only a year and a half in and he's doing all this hard work. And I just looked across the table and I was like, I don't know if you know this, but this is incredibly, incredibly brave of you for someone of your generation to actually like do the hard work and the unearthing of like, you know, looking back so that I can be present. And then, and then I have the ability to look forward. Um, and so that takes me back to my story just a little bit. I'll give you a, a little brief and we can dive into this if we need to. And if it's helpful, I don't know if it's helpful, but yeah, in 2018, um, my wife and I were pregnant. You know this. Yeah. Whoa. I'll start crying. Think about it now. That's okay, um, man. Yeah. Yeah. So we're pregnant. We're having our fifth girl. We're excited. Everything's perfect. Um, we're about 22 weeks pregnant. And, you know, that's a little further than halfway. Uh, we're pumped. But my wife has this thyroid issue we didn't know about. They think it's cancer. They're like, let's go in and get it out. We're like, cool. So. We go into the hospital, check in. Everything's perfect. They check the baby's heart rate beat. Everything's perfect. She goes into surgery. They remove the thyroid. Uh, It's not cancerous, by the way, which is a blessing and awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And then the next thing I know, doctors come down. They're like, we need you to come up. I'm like, okay, awesome. But I walk around the corner and I see over like to me, like so many doctors. And I'm like, what? Like what in the heck is happening? Like what's going on? Yeah. Heart sunk, knew something's happening. They're like, Hey, your baby's gone. We have to deliver. It's like, God dang it. What? So long story short, we stay in the hospital. We induce labor. We deliver our child. I hold my baby. And then I let her go. Six months goes by after this moment. I thought everything was perfectly fine. I had done like my entire life, and I would say this to anybody now, had been a journey of pain management in a sense, and not pain management in I take Advil or I drink too much or I 
cope in really weird ways. But what I found out is my, my life had been about managing my circumstances and controlling my circumstances so that I never felt pain. <laughs> and I didn't know any of this because yeah. six months after we deliver our child, it's Christmas day, take you back to Christmas day. Hence my conversation yeah. with this gentleman two days ago, I'm at my mom's, my wife and I are laying in the bed and I lean over to her at like 5 a.m. in the morning and I just said, I'm dying. And she's like, you're not, you're not dying. You're talking to me. Like you're breathing yeah, right here. You're, you're sitting not here. Dead. You're here. <laughs> and I just said, no, 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 no. My, like my heart is, I fit, it's going to explode. Like I, mm -hmm. I, I knew I was having a heart attack. My dad had had heart problems. Both of my paternal grandfathers have died of heart attacks. My maternal uncle had died of a heart attack. Um, I have high cholesterol and blood pressure naturally, like just hereditarily. And I'm like, I'm, yeah. I'm just a ticking time bomb. Is what like, this is it. I'm gone. It's it. I'm gone. It's Christmas yeah. Day. I've got all these little kids. It freaked me out. Yeah. So she rushes me to the hospital in Dublin, Georgia. I get in the hospital. They run all these tests and they're like, yeah, your blood pressure is a little elevated, but you're, you're healthy. Like you're real healthy. I'm like, I'm not healthy. You're like, you don't understand. I'm not. I'm dying. Like, and, and I know like there's people probably listen to this who are like, yeah, I have, yeah, I have felt that. And when we talk about anxiety later, like the mind is probably the most powerful tool on the planet. Yeah. And it yeah. can, it can deceive you. And what was happening is six months after I'd had this, had our child and our child didn't make it. All of a sudden, that lack of ability to control anything overwhelmed my body. Yeah. And because I had not gone back and kind of dealt with what had triggered my ability to try to control everything in my life, you know, I had bumped up against a moment where my body was like, nah, you're not good anymore. You're, yeah, you're done. And it was manifesting yeah. itself in the ability to tell me that I was dying. And then the journey from there, Nate. Um, I went to see doctor after doctor after doctor and every doctor is like, you know, stress tests, this, and I said, they're like, I, I haven't seen a heart healthy like this. And I'm like, you don't understand. And that's what I would, yeah. I would tell my doctors, like, you don't understand. This is the most real physical manifestation that I've ever felt in my life. Like it was so real that I could feel the tension, I could feel yeah. the tightness. I could feel my heart wanting to explode. So we did all this stuff. I didn't sleep for, I think, almost a year, Nate. Um, wow. Didn't close my eyes because every time I would close my eyes, and it was, and it would always happen in the dark. Like as soon as morning came, it was almost like morning brought hope that the next night was going to be better. Yeah. But when the dark darkness would set in at night, my mind would start racing and running. And it would be like, you're not okay. You're dying. And so I just did this cyclical thing for a really, really, really long time. That's, um, and it's, I, I feel like, uh, to anyone watching there's everybody's story is, is unique, right. And, and our circumstances, uh, the things we experience, but I think people listening while their, their circumstances might've been different. They're probably saying, wait, I, I had something similar or I had trouble sleeping or I had chest pain or it's a lot of times it's it feels like it's associated with our, our health. So 
that leads me to a question. Sure. When, at what point were you able to name it? And, and, and like, yeah. when, when were you able to unpack like, Hey, no, my, my heart's okay. Like, yeah. even though doctors were telling you, it took you a while before you were able to actually believe them well, and then have a name for what it was that you were experiencing. Yeah. So I, I, I'm a, I love learning and I love like, I'd always kind of like dabbled in like the leadership lane of learning, read all the books, would try to do all the things. So I just kind of started attacking this in the same manner. It's like, okay, I'm going to learn everything I can about the mind because my mind is, I mean, I'm sitting in my, my doctor's office and my, I met with this uh, nurse practitioner and she was like my lifesaver. Um, did I ever give you her name? Did you go see her? Nancy no. was her name. No. Uh -uh. I thought maybe uh, some other of my friends have, who've dealt with anxiety went to see, went to see her. She was phenomenal. Yeah. And so I would sit with her and she would just look at me and I mean, and she would just say, Hey, you're not crazy. Like, yeah. and she wasn't a, a mind doctor. She wasn't a therapist. She wasn't an anxiety doctor. Like she was one of the doctors that is going to prescribe you something to get out of there. And she would look at me and she's like, you're not crazy. <laughs> you're okay. And I understand this. And so I was just started learning. I, I just started learning and she's like, the mind's a powerful thing. So started reading these books on the mind and how the mind has the ability to create brand new neural pathways. You can teach your mind how to, how to think, and you can actually teach it to like, to like think differently about something that you've always thought different thought about. And so mm -hmm. when I started playing out all of these scenarios, I was like, wait, why do I need to create neuro brand new neural pathways? Like obviously something in my mind is being triggered in tr traumatic moments. So like, we had the baby. I lost a lack of control in my life or yeah. we weren't able in, in early in marriage. We weren't able to pay a bill on time because we didn't have much money coming in. And all of a sudden that would trigger this like emotion of I'm not in control. Holy crap. What am I going to do? Yeah. Yeah. And by the time I got like 35, it all hit a, a head with this thing. So I started thinking like, so what is it in my mind that, that I'm thinking off on? Like, what is the trigger that's making me go to this weird lack of control place? So I like most people and people that are listening and like you did, like I went and saw a therapist and over, I mean, I would go to my therapist, Nate, and then I would call my wife on the way home. Therapist was an hour away from my home and we would start talking about stuff and, and I'd call Jen on the way home and literally I would cry for an hour. Yeah. On the way home, just weep yeah. on the way home. Like not even knowing what I was feeling or what I was dealing with. Like I was just working out stuff with my therapist. And then honestly, the thing that hit the nail on the head, we, we started digging through life. And if you've ever been to therapy, you start like, you start talking about moments and your therapist starts kind of putting stuff together and they start like pressing in on these moments. Yeah. It was this moment in my, in my journey as a kid, I was seven years old and it was probably the most lack of control moment I ever had in my life. And I didn't know it. Like I had, I just really didn't have many memories of, of being a kid, but at seven, my parents got divorced and my parents are amazing, like amazing humans championed me in sports took me to church. Um, I mean, to this day, my mom 
calls me and she's like, you're the best thing in the planet, you know, like just amazing, amazing parents. And yeah, this divorce though, wrecked me. Yeah. And I didn't know it. Yeah. Again, I probably started bandaging it kind of like I did with losing our child in the sense that, Hey, I'm good. I'm cool. I'm an athlete. I'm awesome. Hey, everything's good. You know, like, yeah, you just start putting band-aids all over everything. And so we start dealing with this moment as a seven-year-old, me and my therapist. And he describes it to me like this. He says, when your parents decided to get divorced and you stayed at home with your mom and your dad left, he said something happened at that moment. And it was like a head-on collision of trauma. He says, imagine a head on collision. And then the car goes in how many pieces, millions of pieces. Mm -hmm. He says, that's what your mind has done Mm -hmm. for this traumatic moment. And in this moment, whether your parents meant to or not, because we know they didn't, but you felt abandoned, Mm -hmm. you felt a lack of being in control and your mission in life, whether you have known it or not, subtly your mission in life since the age of seven has been to protect yourself from ever feeling that again. Wow. So I was like, yeah. Yeah, so, that's that's really powerful. Yeah. It's, so my journey from seven years old has been about self-protecting myself, and I had no idea. Yeah. 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 And it's it's really interesting because here here so you had that experience in 2018. You know, you're in your late thirties and you're you're well, you don't have to tell everybody my age. I just I'm just saying, like he connected dots from your childhood. Yeah. This gentleman that you're sitting at lunch with in, in his seventies yeah. is, is weeping about things that happened in his twenties. Like, I think we think these things we experience are disconnected. Yeah. They're not like, they're not like there's, yeah. you can't, you're still, you're the same person that experienced that thing at yeah. seven years old. And in I'm fact, the, and in yeah. fact, if we don't deal with those things, we will continue to revert back to seven-year-old Mitchell. Yeah. You know, yeah. sorry, my email just went off over here. That's okay. Should That's I check okay. it? We'll edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, so goodness. it's this fascinating, like cyclical thing. Do you remember, um, what do you know? Let me ask you a question. What do you know about forgiveness? Like what's the most famous forgiveness quote that you know? Forgive and what? Forget. Forget. Yeah. Yeah. That's not possible. Yeah. Yeah. So as much forgiveness or lenience or grace that I gave my parents as a child, as a teenager, as a adult to say, hey, man, I forgive you all for getting divorced. I know you probably, it wasn't my fault. I know that. Yeah. Yeah. Don't forget it. Yeah. And for anybody listening to this, if somebody's ever given you the advice to forgive and forget, it's not appropriate. Yeah. Forgive you mean well. Yeah. But yeah forgive yeah. and process. Yeah. 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 Forgive, process, heal. Yeah. I'm in. Yeah. Forgive and forget. Not true. Not helpful. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, puts us all in a really dangerous place to, to not do the hard work and heal from what may have happened to you yeah, um, or against you or, or any of that kind of stuff. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's, that's really helpful. Uh, so it, and I, and I appreciate you unpacking like 
um, some history for us because yeah, I think sure. uh, it helps connect dots. So let let me ask you this: like knowing what you know today, knowing like you 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 kind of did this, did this thing to protect yourself from from ever feeling pain. Yeah, um, you're you, you lose a child. Uh, you think you're dying, you're experiencing anxiety for the first time. So you went and saw a therapist. What, like, what, throw out some tactics, like, throughout that journey. So yeah. so you told us you wanted to learn. You wanted to learn how the mind worked. Yeah. Um, you know, neuropathways, you, you kind of talked about that. You went to therapy. Like, what else did you do yeah. to, to, to get to a place where you're, where you're like, okay, okay, I'm okay. Like I, yeah. what my doctors are saying is true. I'm not actually dying. So you went and sought some therapy. What else, like what other tactics in the short term? Yeah. Like, did you use to get to a place where you're like, okay, I, I can actually, like, I can live, I can go to work, I can eat, I can sleep, <laughs> you know, I can be there for my kids. Yeah. Like what were those initial things other than those, that counseling that really helped yeah. you get to a good place? That's a great question. Um, just so you know, my my journey, as many band-aids as I had put on my life since the age of seven, it wasn't as easy for me to just rip them off. Yeah. So I think some people who deal with anxiety, they'll put some tools in real quick, whether it be like affirmations or um, looking in the mirror every morning and naming that thing. Or, yeah. you know, like I'll, I'll tell you some of the things I did, but but mine weren't that easy. So mine was a about a two or three year journey. It's still a journey, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. when I feel triggers, now I have the tools to to name those things and to actually bring them bring them captive. Yeah. Um, if you are a Bible believing person, uh, there's a writer uh, from like first century Christianity. Paul is his name, and Paul talks a lot about the mind. And I really believe there is something really powerful about the mind. When I was growing up in church, I don't know if you were like this, but I grew up in the church and uh, the church really talked about the matters of the heart. Like if we can win the heart of a child, if we can win over somebody's heart, it was more emotional and feeling. But then when I read scripture, there's less about the heart and there's a lot about the mind. Like Paul talks about renewing your mind daily. He talks about taking your thoughts captive because what your thoughts are, so are you. Yeah. And so, yeah. so I started kind of taking my, that's where I, that's where I initially stepped in, um, to kind of helping me manage my thoughts because I knew that my thoughts were what I would become. Right. Yeah. And yeah. if I was going to die and if that was my thoughts, I was probably going to die, whether mm -hmm. it be physical or or whether I get to a point where I can't go any longer. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And it's like, it's not worth it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So I started by doing little things. Like I would look in the mirror every morning and I would look at seven-year-old Mitchell. And that's where I started with my therapist. He was like, you need to tell seven-year-old Mitchell it's okay. And he's okay. Mm -hmm. So I would literally, Nate, I would wake up in the morning. I'd look at seven-year-old. I was like, hey, seven-year-old Mitchell, you're okay. Mm -hmm. And nobody did this to you. Yeah. You're going to be okay. Yeah. And so I would start with my mind. I would start 
affirming myself. Mm-hmm. I would start reminding myself of, myself of things that were true of me, what I knew about me. Uh, when I would feel my heart, I would hold it, mm-hmm. I would touch it, and I'd be like, "Yeah, it's healthy." Yeah, and I'd start. What would sometimes and, the, and and you know like when I would feel the tension in my heart, I would have what people call as an anxiety attack or a you know a trigger moment that has the potential to lead your mind down a really dark place. Yeah, yeah. and so I would start training my body to. I would start training myself to protect myself. So when I would feel my heart, I would grab it. And I would say, just a reminder, your heart's fine. Yeah. Like what you know is true is your doctors have said your heart's fine. Your heart's fine. And then I would start learning breathing. I started learning breathing techniques. Like like there are actual physical breathing techniques that change how your mind functions. Yeah. I didn't know this. So yeah. I would start doing those. And, you know, like what would once take me, you know, 45 minutes to an hour to come down would is now like I can now fill a trigger and I can be down in 10 seconds. Yeah. From, That's from receiving a trigger. So that's uh, amazing. Affirmations. Yeah. Uh, journaling, mm-hmm. uh, reminding myself of truths. Mm-hmm. Um, Breathing. Breathing. I mean, yeah. practically, dude, I had to talk about this because my, like, I say this a lot just in life is we need people to use their gifts. Like when I'm going through a dark place, I don't need you to be me to me. I've yeah. already got people who can, I've already got me, but I need yeah. Nate, my buddy to be Nate, which means yeah. you're probably going to be a little more thought provoking. You're going to be, you're a little more deep thinking. You're going to bring clarity and wisdom where somebody like me brings into every situation. Like I use my voice really quickly. I have quick thoughts, um, Mm -hmm. all of these kind of things. And so what I, what I learned is that I need all these voices around me. Yeah. And so I surrounded myself with a lot of people and I needed to talk this out to people who weren't going to think I was crazy, like in safe, in safe places. And so I knew I couldn't talk about it outwardly. Everybody wouldn't understand it. Yeah. In fact, it took me a long time. I never went to social media until the year anniversary of my kid dying. Yeah. I never told anybody about my kid dying. Yeah. So I was yeah. running into people on the streets and yeah. they're like, Hey, yeah. Where, how's your baby? And I'm like, yeah. Oh, sorry. We never posted anything on social media because I lost yeah. my mind and yeah. we didn't have a baby, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so, Anyway, yeah. so I surrounded myself with a lot of good people. I started talking about it. I needed to talk about it because that's kind of how I process out loud, just like we're doing yeah. right now. Yeah. I don't know. Any other things? Did you see anything? Because you were around me in these moments. Like, did you yeah. see any moments that were like? Well, I know we, we talked about it a lot. And I there's so much power in community, yeah. um, really, just to, to process, process things in your life uh, in general. And it's 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 just great to have people you can rely on to not think you're crazy when you yeah. think you're crazy. Yeah. You know, I mean, Mitch, when I went through my stuff, I went to you because I knew you had gone through this and I didn't understand when you were going through it, but I was like, dude, I'm dying. Yeah. You're like, you're not freaking dying. You were Nancy to me. Yeah. Nancy was Nancy to you. Yeah. And then you were Nancy to me say, Nate, you're not actually dying. You don't yeah. need to go to every single doctor. Yeah. I did anyways. 
because I, I still had to do the work myself. Yeah. But I, I think, um, when are you going to, so question, sorry, I interrupt you, but when are you going to just tell everybody on the podcast how I saved your life? <laughs> well, well, you just told them. So <laughs> I, mean, I feel like, I feel like we should hear from, hear from you. <laughs> Mitchell, you were instrumental in my wellness journey. How about oh, that? How about I that? It. I received it. And, that's why you're my first guest on my inaugural podcast. How so much do we, I get paid for this? <laughs> that's, uh, well, I'll talk to your agent later. So I'm taking we'll, my lunch break for this. <laughs> you, didn't well, provide, you didn't provide lunch. I'll buy you lunch. I don't that? have to drink. I don't have to water. <laughs> I need something. Oh, we'll, we'll handle that later. We'll handle right, the details deal. later. Deal. Uh, but yeah, there's so much power in community. Uh, one other thing that you brought up that I think is interesting, and I think this is one thing I, I I want people to understand, and that I didn't really understand until I went through my um my issues with anxiety and depression, is that counseling and therapy are are really to help you understand things about yourself. Yeah. And why you're reacting the way you're reacting. You still have to do the work. Like yeah. it's like you went from, you know, you were talking about having triggering thoughts and it would take, you know, X amount of time to, to bring yourself off the ledge. Yeah. And now you can do it in 10 seconds. Like that didn't happen overnight. That that yeah. takes work. And, um, you know, counseling is so helpful uh, for so many different reasons, but you have to be willing to do the work yeah. uh, yourself, you know, to, to chase wellness. But yeah. Um, and there's so many of those things, Nate. And like, let's rip the stigma off real quick, if I can. Yeah. Yeah. Therapy is not scary. Yeah. I know yeah. it's scary. I know it can feel like, why it's would strange. I go to therapy? Only, only, only people with real problems go to therapy. No, yeah. everybody needs to go to therapy. Yeah. Um, and medication. Like, let's talk yeah. about medication real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Pull the stigma off. Yeah. Medication yeah. is not for just, you know, people who can't do it all on their own. Like some people really need it because chemical, yeah. chemical imbalances happen. And the yeah. really cool thing about, about humans yeah. is that they have created these amazing tools to help us get through it. When you look in the world, you've, you've probably categorized what is like crazy or, yeah. or loony or what's not you. And the truth yeah. is we all need help. Yeah. So don't be scared yeah, of the help. And so when I went to therapy, even I did something again that probably a lot of people thought was uh, scary. I did EMDR. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did as and, well. Yeah. And yep. so it was one of the most helpful things that I could have ever done. It took me back to that traumatic moment and yep. it helped me unpack and kind of tell my story and remember my story. And it yeah. was the most powerful thing I did in my journey. EMDR is not for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Don't let the stigma of what of what is cause you not to move forward in your own journey um, because it was worth every bit of the work. And I'm so thankful to be free today um, yeah. because of it. Awesome. So anyway, back to That's you. That's so good. No, that that is so good. What do you do today? Just to like, you're, you're raising four girls, four beautiful yeah. girls. You're a husband. Uh, you're an employee. Um, yeah. We you know, we, we have a lot going on. Yeah. What do you do day to day to just kind of manage, manage stress levels? And when yeah. you feel something surface, like, um, 
what kind of routines do you have just to help kind of maintain that, that wellness yeah. uh, in your life? That's a great question. Um, man, I do, I do a lot of everything. Um, I follow my kids around, which is awesome. I mean, <laughs> I never thought would come today, the day that I enjoyed chasing my kids. Like, you know, your new podcast is chasing and, uh, chasing uh, the peace. Yeah. Chasing Chase the, the peace. peace. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not chasing peace. I'm chasing my kids. And <laughs> that honestly brings a lot of joy and a lot of life. The fact that I have these, these really dedicated moments every week of investment in them. Yeah. It brings a ton of peace. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm a coach. Uh, I coach awesome. like travel basketball. I coach cross country, which means my fitness is really, really important yeah. to my journey. Um, yeah. I don't know if you can tell Nate, I lost 30 pounds over the last, great. Over the last while. And I didn't know that I had weight to, to lose, but I found out that I was addicted to sugar and I didn't even really mm-hmm. like sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of cut, I cut sugar out of my diet. And then, um, I just, I make, make better choices eating my diet. Yeah. My diet is the first thing. If my diet goes, then goes my working out. And if my working out goes, then goes my mind. Yeah. Wow. So it's all connected, right? Yeah. Yeah. So every, yeah. you know, everything's connected. Everything in my physical makeup is connected to my mental makeup. Yeah. Um, so if I can, if I can take care of the mental, I mean, of the physical every day, I get up in the morning, I make a cup of coffee and I read, uh, I've got a little book sitting where I read. As soon as I'm done reading, I'll take the dog for a walk. Um, mm. that is very helpful. I gave up running altogether. Um, and I just walk because there's yeah. no competition. I don't need yeah. to control anything. What I know about myself is I could try to control outcomes and all those kind of things. I'm like, no, there's nothing in physical fitness I need to control. I used yeah. to compete with my friends to try who can lose the most weight, who can bench press mm-hmm. the most, who can do yeah. all these things. It's like, wait, 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 why, why am I competing in a, in a realm of, of health? So I stopped yeah. competing in health, yep. started practicing health and mm-hmm. I felt all of the benefits. Um, that's great all the benefits from it. So anyway, you just have to know those things about yourself. So yeah, I change my diet. I get up every morning, read, I drink a cup of coffee. Routine is very important. I coach my kids. I have rhythms that kind of keep my mind understanding what's coming. Uh, dude, we book vacations so far in advance now because yeah. it gives our mental, our, our mental capacity to like, look for, look for something. Yeah. To look forward to something. That's great. Yeah. yeah that's really helpful. Which yeah. causes us not to get anxious, anxious. Um, yeah. That's I don't great. Know. Do, I do so many things. I, I, mean, yeah. it's just, I feel like I'm a, I'm well, think, something out all the time. Well, I think those just hearing those routines, like, you know, a, a, a daily rhythm where, um, you know, you're, you're reading and you're yeah. walking and, um, I mean, all of those things are, are just helpful. Uh, so I have, I have two questions before we, before we close out our time. And, um, one, I think in a post pandemic world, yeah. I was talking to someone the other day, we were talking about, you know, the, the physical component of COVID. Obviously a, a lot of people got sick. A lot of people died. Um, it was such a strange time but that we're now really just starting to experience the psychological effect of COVID and being disconnected. Um, There's a lot of people that feel like uh, 
mental health is the real epidemic Hmm. right now. Like it is running rampant. Um, What would you tell someone that's experiencing anxiety or depression for the first time? I think first off, I would say, I know it's real. Yeah. And yeah, I'm really sorry that you're, that you're feeling this. Um, yeah, man, it's hard to even go back there. Yeah. Yeah. Because it is the most hopeless feeling on the planet. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I would say, I am so sorry. And I will walk with you. Yeah. We will go track down every doctor to allow you to understand that you are okay. You're not dying. And, and you're not, you're not, you're not going anywhere, at least not right now. Yeah. Um, I mean, I used to beg doctors to find something physical in me so that my mind could be okay. Because I was like, I would rather just know I'm dying. Yeah. Then yeah. for my mind to have the ability to play out something that's not reality. So I think I would try to help them understand, like, to find some grounding points that they could hold on to, some truths of like, all right, hey, you feel that? Let's let's track that down. And then once yeah. once we check that thing off the box, like let's we'll go after something else, but we'll do it together. And you just have to promise me you can't do anything drastic right now because yeah, you know what, what we don't, under, I think what's so hard and I know we're not talking about this day, but suicides at an all time high. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hopelessness. Is it an all time high? Um, we make as humans, we will journey for 41 years to get to a point where we'll make a decision in a split second that will alter our lives forever. Yeah. Yeah. So the undoing of what has been done for 41 years, that's going to take time. Yeah. So be patient with yourself. Like that's great. Be, be patient. patient with yourself. Yeah. Like what got yeah. you to this point has been a lifelong journey of, yeah. of bad habits, of bad frameworks, of bad thinking, yeah. of bad, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. And you can't just undo that tomorrow. Uh, so the three things you've said so far have been acknowledging, hey, I, it's real. Yeah. I, I, yes. I'm sorry because I've been there and it's awful. Empathy. It's awful. Yeah. Yes. And then three, it took you however much time you are years old today to get here. You have to be patient with yourself. I know today is hard. I know hour by hour it's hard, uh, but you have to be patient with yourself. And I'm so, I didn't mean to stop you. I was just summarizing what you said because those yeah, are they're just that. so helpful. Like, yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. 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 Just be patient, dude. We didn't yeah. get here like – we didn't, yeah. we didn't get to a place of anxiety overnight. Yeah. You should not in, expect anxiety to, to leave overnight. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. So be gracious with yourself. Like yeah. you're going to be okay. Yeah. Don't make a rash decision today based on, based on a buildup of whatever your lifespan is and your circumstances are like, yeah, it's not yeah. worth it. It's not yeah. worth it. You know? So yeah, I just went That's to, great. it's interesting. You talk about COVID and you talk about what the mind, what's happening in the mind over the last few years. I just, one of my daughters and I just went to Costa Rica for a week to serve in like the most impoverished area of Costa Rica. We were like doing these camps with these kids who don't have food to eat. Um, we went and painted these public schools where when I tell you they're public schools, they're prisons, uh, mm -hmm. bars wow. everywhere on the outside of it. No working water. Like there's no, obviously there's no AC. There's no like whatever, but we sat down with these kids. And when the pandemic happened in, um, in Costa Rica, unlike here, they shut down everything, Nate. Like, so these kids, especially in these impoverished areas, zero school. And you know, they don't have internet. Yeah. So yeah. like there was no online learning. So these kids went two full years without learning how to like write my name. Wow. And we yeah. expect these kids to come out of poverty. Yeah. And to be something and do something. And so now their minds, we're sitting there talking to them and we went with this big group and we're like, we're starting with the basics of like, Hey, you're loved. And I yeah. know you're getting so frustrated me asking you to write your name on this piece of paper because you missed the last two years of school or you can't add, mm -hmm. but you're going to be okay. Yeah. And so just imagine for like you, like you and I, we lucked out during yeah. the pandemic. Yeah. We already knew what we were doing with our careers. We, yeah. you know, we had jobs. Uh, we were still earning income. The, the pandemic didn't didn't ruin our identity or our self value. Yeah. But like for the majority yeah. of the world and especially for our kids who got sent home and weren't able to learn and to benefit from development of the mind and of the heart and all of those things, like, dude, there are going to be years and years and years of unraveling and unwinding to get these. And I'm seeing it in my own kids and their yeah. anxieties and their fears and their hopes. There's going to be years and years and years of, us kind of like unraveling what didn't develop yeah. during those years. So, yeah. Okay. So, so my last question then, and this is, I'm, I'm really just, I'm, I'm curious how, how, how does social media play a role for you in terms of your wellness journey? You know, the Surgeon General came out, you know, a couple months ago yep. talking about how unhealthy it is for kids. And I'm like, okay, for kids? Like, you know, it's like, I, you know, my own relationship with social media, I'm not sure it's always healthy, you know, uh, like how does, how do you manage and manage probably isn't the right word, but what role does social media play in your life and how do you keep it, you know, where you have a healthy relationship with it and it doesn't, you know, provoke a spike hard, in blood pressure. Yeah. <laughs> I, want to, I want, I want to go like all, like I'm an old man right now and talk to yeah. you like, my dad would talk to me or my granddad would talk to me. <laughs> yeah. Son, why do you need, you know, like oh, this internet thing is just awful. You know, I mean, yeah. But honestly, this internet thing is awful. Yeah. And <laughs> and the truth is, it is it's going to continue to lead our world. So we have to figure out how to have a relationship with it and for it not to drive us. Uh 
I just told Jen yesterday, Jen's my wife. You know that, but other people may not. But Jen and I were on a walk yesterday and the summer's coming to an end. And yeah. um, we just looked at each other and we're like, we have to help our kids manage. Yeah. They, they can't manage it on their own. Yeah. So if yeah. you're a parent and you're looking for help, go download Bark. Yes. I don't work for yes. Bark. Yeah. You can use any other yeah. tool, but our friends are at Bark. Download Bark. Help your kids get control of it because for me, the social media battle started with an image management solution. Yeah. So like I was using social media to manage my image. Yeah. Uh, I only put my highlights out there. I yeah. Only put um, the good things out there. So if you are using social media to manage what people experience from you or know about you um, without it being the real you, I say that's a danger. Um, mm -hmm. That will lead to you believing things that are untrue about yourself. You can make yourself into this own little world. that's that's It's just not real. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the thing about anxiety in general is about bringing what's not real and bringing it in and distilling it into actually what is real so that you can manage what is and not what you think is right. Yeah. And so social media That's gives crazy. us a really weird place to kind of escape reality. Yeah. And you're looking at everybody's highlight reel. So there's just this danger of, I don't, I'm not good enough or they're better than me or they're at that vacation. And then yeah. the cycle just keeps happening. So yeah. So I turn off social media every once in a while. I, I yeah. take just as consistent as I am getting up in the mornings and having my coffee and yeah. sitting and sitting in my chair. Uh, I do the same thing with social media. I take breaks yeah. frequently. Yeah. Uh, I remind myself of what's true frequently. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know if that's helpful, but that is. Yeah, that's that's great because I think we're you know it's the Surgeon General talks about adolescence, you know, but it's like we're still growing up in the age of the yeah. internet and social media in terms of historically is still brand new. Yeah. So we really, as a society, uh, I think we know the impact it might be having, but it's like, no one really wants to say it. Uh, but you touched on something that a counselor once told me, and I think this is true in your social media life and in your real life. He told me to be not seen. You need to be not seen. So uh, okay. if you're projecting an image, why? Why are you doing that? Just be. You don't need to seem like you're something you're not. The same is true in just your, your daily relationships. Yeah. Like you don't need to seem like someone or something. Just be who you are. Uh, and I, That's I so thought that sweet. was a really beautiful way to capture it, you know? Yeah. Um, well, and, hey, that makes me like, if I like tie a bow on this with my story based on your comment, be, yeah. don't seem. Part of my journey, my entire life was, you know, was managing people's perception of me. And if I could manage that outwardly, and social media was a big part of this too. If I could manage that outwardly, it would mean they didn't have to get close to me. Because yeah. if somebody would got close to me, they had the ability to hurt me. So mm -hmm. as someone like I lived a lot of my early life and you know, this on a stage, on a platform yeah. um, in front of thousands of people. Yeah. And, 
In fact, I think it may have been the most dangerous thing I could have ever done looking back because it allowed me not to be seen. Yeah. And it allowed me to protect myself from anybody getting close to me because mm -hmm. everybody would say, Oh, I love, I love that version of Mitchell. Yeah. Like, yeah. I can manage that for you because if I let you in and let you know who I really am, one, you'll have the ability to harm me. And then two, mm -hmm. you'll have the ability to not like me. Wow. Yeah. And goodness. And as someone who had been hurt as a seven-year-old dude, yeah, I didn't want yeah. any of that. So no one got close to me. You're one of the few people in my life who got close enough and didn't run away. Yeah. And, yeah. and look at where we are now. We're recording a podcast that might like seven people are going to watch. Dude, we're going to get at <laughs> least nine people. I swear. I'm like in marketing and brand awareness now. So okay. Okay. Well, let's, Aren't you like a CMO? What are you? you do, like, don't you do marketing? We, I do marketing as well. I, I don't know who's going to see this. We I don't have know. got to get more than seven, seven people or else you really owe me because I really wasted my lunch time. <laughs> well, I'll, I will definitely buy you lunch. Um, oh. I, I feel like I could talk about this yeah. with you for days. Yeah. And, you know, because, um, man, we only live one life and like, we want to, we want to do it right. We want to chase wellness. Yeah. It's like, uh, I mean, that is the thing. I mean, to, to, to live, um, whole lives, not, not chasing these things that aren't real, yeah. but just being who we are, experiencing community with people we love. Um, that's, yeah. uh, that's the rich stuff. Uh, so we'll conclude our time here. Um, I love you. I'm so grateful uh, that that you spent time um, with me doing this. And hey, I'm, I'm proud. I'm really proud of you. Thanks for doing the work and thanks for doing this. You know, it's going to be helpful. I love you, man. Love you. We'll, See you. we'll talk soon. See you. Bye.